announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Stay chill on the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Radar. And we're joined by our tag team partner. He is the analysis of oh, the L-O-C. He's a man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. How come I don't hear anything? I hear you, so. What happened to the music? What happened to the gunshots? There it is. So you put, oh, hold on, wait, let me get this straight. Hold on. You gotta wait. bring the music down so you can have it. No, 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 no. Clearly, Leo never pays attention to anything. We normally hit the gun dr- the gunshots during the theme, but it came to a point where I just stopped hearing everything. It's a long day. Leo, put my bombs up, please. Oh, they're up. Congratulations, you played yourself. Anyways, how are you guys doing? <laughs> After that, man, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yes, I'm doing good. How are you guys? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, Coming from Backlash and El Barrio, watching that phenomenal pay-per-view last night. Yeah. Um, Orgulloso de ser Latino. Is that how you say it, Leo? Orgulloso. That was really close. I like it. There you go. There you go. Close close enough. Close enough. Same thing, but different. Close Um, enough to be rice. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Leo, how are you doing, man? Hey, Arrayo, estoy haciendo bien en los Puerto Rico. No! No! Same. Same. I'm allowed to say that. No, I'm doing really good. I'm actually happy. I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I actually love the LWO Puerto Rico shirt. Not going to lie. I think I'm going to cop it. Um, yes, yeah. you should get it. I, I definitely want to get um, the LWO shirt, too, especially... <laughs> I'm going to get like the regular shirt and I also want to get the tank top, especially because I'm going to Cancun later on this uh, <laughs> couple months. You're going to rep out there? I'm going to rep out there. Latinos, bro. Viva la raza. <laughs> hey, you know, we always talk about Mexico being like a, a stronghold for wrestling, but we forget about Puerto Rico. Dude. Puerto Rico's been there. They've been there a while. I, I do want to. Starving. I, yeah, I do want to talk about just kind of how. Sometimes, like, us in the States are just a bit ungrateful of, like, the stuff that we get compared to, like, other countries and, like, other places around the world. I do want to talk about when it comes to that to backlash. But before we get started, it's hashtag Rebel time. Yes, and it is hashtag coffee time for me because... Oh, there you go. Tired, man. Tired this morning. Yeah, you got a good cup of joe, you know... 
your allergies are acting up, a little bit of congestion. Let's get that coffee in your system, bro. That caffeine. Yeah, man. Yeah. Got to start the day off though on the right foot. Lee, are you alive over there? You yeah, good? I'm over here. I'm, I'm changing the <laughs> the name of the show. Okay, right. just making sure you're okay, Leo. No, I'm about to go upstairs in like two seconds, take a nap. Okay, Leo. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about. I want to talk about backlash. I want to talk about WWE in Puerto Rico. I just want to say, man, give it up to that fucking crowd in Puerto Rico and San Juan. Man, that crowd's energy was just fantastic. And, of course, we see that in other places around the world, too, especially, like, in the U.K. Uh, WWE just toured uh, France over the what was, like, last weekend, and apparently the energy there was just so fucking live. And, you know, just watching all this shit and just hearing the reaction from the audience, it really makes you feel. And, listen, I, I respectfully, I'll say that, Myself and and you and your brother and Leo when he does go to shows and stuff for the most part we react at shows like we react we have fun we're not dickhead fans okay but sometimes I do feel especially out here in the states the audience at times are ungrateful with what we get we get a lot of wrestling man and we're just too busy on like tribalism oh did you see that shot that they threw i like this promotion better than the other one why did this person go to this promotion i hope that promotion fails like that's a piece of shit attitude to have i think we should all like just enjoy wrestling and that puerto rican audience was like a prime example of that yeah dude i mean yeah i couldn't have said it any better we are very spoiled out here we get everything mostly um, there's a lot of wrestling, you know, all the different promotions obviously run shows all across the United States over here. So yeah, we are a hundred percent spoiled and, uh, man, like after last night, dude, I would love to take a, a trip, an international trip for one of these shows. Uh, 1000%. You just, you kind of know what you're getting, man. You, it's just like a party over there, you know, like there was no way in hell that show was going to be bad at all. Like there, it doesn't matter what type of card that they threw out there. The crowd was going to make sure they had a great time and they were going to make sure that that show, um, you know, was memorable. And it really was, um, just unbelievable atmosphere. You know, they've been starving for wrestling for a while. Um, you know, like a pay-per-view for a while. Cause I know, like you just said, WWE does tour, um, you know, all these, you know, international places and stuff, but they go there for the live house shows. It's definitely not the same as like a, a premium live event, a pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it. Um, but man, yeah, that crowd made that show last night. And somebody brought up a good point on Twitter last night when I was like scrolling through after the show was over. Uh, one person said like that show would not have been as good in the States. And I kind of ag agree with that. I mean, I just feel like that show was really made mostly because of how amazing that crowd was all night from start to finish, even on SmackDown too. Yeah, um, 1000%. That crowd was so freaking hot. It just it just made for just a fun a show and at home you could you could feel the energy just watching at home you know um, and it was yeah it was amazing man I I, I love how they did you know uh, you know WWE went to Cardiff last year and now they're you know they went here to Puerto Rico they're going to London for Money in the Bank man I just love all these international shows because uh, man I just enjoy watching them on TV you know and I can't imagine what it's like actually being there. My buddy Xavier. He took uh, him and his girlfriend. They actually went to Puerto Rico this weekend. Really? Uh, they went That's to SmackDown awesome. and they went to Backlash and they kind of just made like a little mini vacation out of it. So, 
uh, we were messaging back and forth real quick uh, last night. After it was right after the Bad Bunny and Damian Priest match, and he was like, "Bro, that was insane." I was like, "Dude, I was popping at home. I could only imagine the energy yeah. in that arena, and they reacted to everything." I think even when, when after so after that Bad Bunny match, right? And we're gonna break down the card. You could tell like like that peak, that energy was peaked at that point. So yeah. it was noticeably a little bit down during the six man, but they still was reacting to everything. It's not like they were quiet. They were just noticeably down a little bit, but they were still reacting to everything. And man, I can't think of a besides like the UK shows, I can't really think of an audience that were like legit hot from the start all the way to the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, they should have made events with that bad bunny match. Absolutely, one thousand percent. I don't understand the the, the decision. Uh, and you know, like I'm not even I don't know how you feel about this, but I you know, and I know they do this all the time, not even just WWE, like every promotion does this where it's like they have a hot like main event or like all right, so they were they were dubbing this last night as a double main event, right? That's all I've been seeing on But it wasn't sports. a semi main event. <laughs> yeah, right. But it but then you have something so hot like that, and then you have the six man, and then you have the main event, like why couldn't we just go from the bad bunny right into the main event? Like, yeah. why do we need a cool down? You know, like, I right. just feel like that always kills any momentum you have. And, and this is not obviously bashing any of those six guys that, that wrestled uh, in no, that No, because the match was good. I mean, the match, and the match was fine. Right, right, right. But I just don't think, I just think the match order is a little odd. You know, like if you're dubbing it as a double main event, we'll do one right after the other. And again, man, the fact that they did a main event with bad bunny, and that's basically what this event was built around. Um, it was a little questionable, um, in my opinion, because, you know, we'll get more into it, obviously, but the way the show ended, very, very anticlimactic, I felt like. And, um, you know, overall, while I thought the show was really, really good, I just feel like, man, you go off the air after that Bad Bunny thing, yo, you send those fans home on such right. a freaking high. And, 1, like, even at home, you're just like, you know, you know the feeling of when you watch just a kick-ass pay-per-view and it goes off the air and you're just, like, walking around your house or doing whatever, and you're just like, you can't fall asleep after. You're just like, holy shit, that, that was awesome. I didn't get that after the show was over. You know, I would have had they put the Bad Bunny match on last. So that was a little strange. But yeah, I mean, from start to finish, the crowd was just very, very hot. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, man. They've been waiting a long time for this. Especially even going back to SmackDown. SmackDown was a fun show. But, yeah. man, just seeing, like, just the faces, like, in the crowd and how they were literally, like, they were there just to have a great time. It felt That's like, it, man. And you said it, party. too. Right, a big party. It had, like, a party atmosphere. Especially how WWE also set up everything, too. It was very different compared to other shows. Like, the yeah. ramp was very similar to this year's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Also, they kept on using, like, a... What do you call them gimmicks? A drone. A drone that were, yeah. like... I think even last night, it started, like, they were outside. The drone goes into the venue. So and then cool. you just see yeah. the fucking shot of the whole arena. Mm. Listen, I'm, I, I think next time... They go to Puerto Rico. I think they should do a stadium, bro. And we were talking about Elimination Chamber. Do they chamber. have one over there? I believe they do have a, a stadium. We were talking about how Toronto deserves like a WrestleMania or like a big four pay-per-view. I think yeah. we need to th throw Puerto Rico in that same list as well. They deserve yeah. like a major – like don't get me wrong. Backlash did feel like a big, a big deal, right? Clearly, we're like raving about it, but I think they deserve like a big four, like a SummerSlam. Like imagine SummerSlam in a barrio. Like that would be so dope. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm, dude. I. It's just crazy. Yeah, like Triple H takes over and they're doing all these like international pay per views and stuff. They haven't really done this at all over the years. And 
I just really, I mean, I don't know how it can continue. I mean, it's it's got to be, it's got to have been so successful. I mean, this past weekend was probably super successful there for WWE in terms of revenue and, and all that type of stuff. And even when they went to Cardiff um, for the, the Clash of the Castle last year, I mean, that had to be super successful. So, I mean, I just hope they do more of these shows, man. I mean, as a fan who lives here in the U.S., I hope they do more yeah, over there too. because I really just enjoy watching them. And, hey, who knows, man? I'd love to take a trip over there um, anywhere, you know, to, to see one of these shows, man. I was – I'm not doing it, but, um, I, you know, when they announced Money in the Bank for London, they mm -hmm. announced this, like, last year. I was like, oh, man, I would love to go right. to London, England, man. And, and that just – I'm sure that crowd for that show will be awesome. Um, you know, even for AEW's All In at yep. Wembley, that's going to be an amazing atmosphere. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I hope I hope these fans overseas uh, get more of these shows regularly instead of the, the house shows, you know. Because right. I mean, the house shows are fun, but they just obviously don't hit like a big major pay-per-view would, you know. And, and not that Backlash is even a major pay-per-view, but, but this it year it was. It felt like a big deal. It felt like a this major deal. This year it was, deal. yeah. So I, I hope for, for those fans' sake, man, they definitely deserve it. Um, And yeah, man, I just hope Triple H continues to really just send them over there and, and give them these shows because they, they deserve it. They, they've shown they deserved it at this point. Speaking of Triple H, he's also, and we were saying this off-air, how since SummerSlam of last year, and on every pay per view has a missed. Every pay per view has yeah. delivered, regardless of what how you feel about like outcomes of like matches and stuff. Like the pay per views have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, the wrestling is always solid. I mean, even even some of the matches on this card, um, you know, last night that I didn't really even expect to be that great ended up being pretty good. Um, it just feel like and and when especially in front of that crowd too and that atmosphere. It pushes all these talents to raise, you know, raise their, you know, raise everything to the next level. You know, I mean, how can you not go out there and feel the crowd and not want to, you know, raise the bar and have a kick-ass match and, and bump all over the place for right. them? I mean, it's just like uh, it's got to make the, the, those talents, you know, raise raise their game up a lot, too. So that's yeah. I mean, it, it was it was just an awesome night, man. I couldn't stop watching the clips of these entrances mm -hmm. and how electric the crowd was. I mean, Bad Bunny's entrance was unfreaking real, man. Yeah. I mean, like. Dude had like a concert walking out there, Dude, bro, and man, everybody's singing the song. It's just word like for word, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's so like literally gives you chills watching mm -hmm. uh, from home. This is awesome, and you could also see it from the talent's perspective as well. Like if you, like you could tell, like even SmackDown that bled into Backlash, how like the wrestlers, the talent were so excited to be there too, because this is not a place that they go there often. So yeah. I guess like they're reacting from the energy that the crowd is giving them and you could tell like how pumped up they were. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that, that energy is infectious, man. It's like I said, I don't know how you don't go out, go out there and just feel something so different. They definitely do. Um, and you know, obviously they travel all over the place and mm -hmm. that, that definitely had to hit different, especially for people like, you know, uh, like we saw Zelina Vega get very, very emotional. Oh. That was quite the moment. Um, you know, Ray Mysterio and, all the uh, all the LWO guys and and uh, just I mean yeah unbelievable you know it's just it's crazy. I, I do want to talk about LWO and, and just them going forward, but let, let's uh, let's break down the uh, most of these matches on this card. So it was a seven match card. They opened up with my favorite match of the night. I think when it comes to a wrestling standpoint, this was the best match. I added this match to my list and. It was Bianca Belair and Io Sky. This match was just fucking fantastic. Io Sky is super over in Puerto Rico to yeah. the point where, like, 
yo, there were kind of, there was some heat on Bianca, man. And I for for this crowd, I necessarily didn't dislike it. I did like the fact that Bianca had to kind of deal with this. I don't see this happening going forward, but who knows? Maybe it does, right? But man, this match was fantastic. Uh, it felt like an NXT TakeOver match, to be quite honest, especially yeah, with, yep. with both their previous history. Um, there were some shenanigans at the end, but even with those shenanigans, it just took away nothing from the match uh, with damage control interfering and stuff. And I think EO Sky might eventually break off a of damage control, and she might be like a she might go on a singles run here, man. I think she's super over. Um, even leading up to Backlash, even back here in the states, you you have been getting some pops for for EO for EO Sky and. You know, she's always been a great wrestler. It's just her booking since she's been called up with damage control has been, I'm not going to say it's been terrible, but she's been more of a, not a featured role. She's been more of a supporting cast member, right? Mm -hmm. And I think now, I think you should take advantage of like this energy that, that she has right now. And maybe she should just break off the damage control and just kind of do her own thing. Yeah, I mean, she absolutely should. She's, uh, you know, I, I felt like it was only a matter of time before she did. But after this, you know, after how much the crowd is behind her here, I think that should be an eye-opener. And I don't think Triple H knows that, too, how obviously talented she is and how great she is. And, uh, you know, her being in damage control was a way to kind of introduce her, I feel like, to this new audience because, you know, some people don't watch NXT. They only watch the main roster. So it was a way to bring her up with Bailey. And um, kind of groom her a little bit, get her over on TV and stuff like that. And then it was only a matter of time before she breaks away and becomes a huge single star. So, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time, especially after this. Uh, tremendous talent. Bianca Belair, too. I mean, I know she got booed and stuff. I'd like to think the fans there weren't booing her. Right. Because they actually, like, I don't think they actually disliked no, her. They probably no, no, just no. wanted to see a new champ or something like that. Because Bianca Belair is just absolutely out of this world, incredible. Because um, they she popped just, during just, her entrance, they popped for her yeah. entrance. I think yeah. they were just—they really just wanted EO to win, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just incredible performers, really, just unbelievable at what they do. Bianca Belair now the longest reigning women's champ of the modern era, I think it is. Uh, so good for her, yeah. just mm -hmm. incredible. Now the big question comes, like we talked about last week, what you do with the titles. <laughs> so it's like, congratulations, Bianca. You're the longest reigning champion of the modern era. Now we're going to take this belt off and you give this, give you another belt, and now you're going to start from zero again. Because you, they, they can't pretend like she's like still this reigning champ when she has a different belt than she's been holding for the past year. So I'm glad you bring that up. And I, let's just put a pause on, on, on Backlash for a quick second because I think this is the best way to blend this in since we're talking about championships, yeah. right? So I had to explain to my cousin, right, who I, I guess the best way to put it, he used to follow wrestling back when we were kids or whatever. And he kind of fell off, and, and now he's getting back into it, right? So I had to explain to him, like, how technically there's three world titles now, right? I had to kind of <laughs> explain to him the whole thing. And then shout-outs to my buddy Kevin, right, one of my best friends in life. He goes like I'm so confused. Why is there two tournament? Why is there a tournament match of SmackDown if it's for a it's a it's a Raw title? And I'm like, because it's WWE. Not everything's gonna make sense, okay? It's Dude, uh, and I'm yeah. like, listen, this is coming from the same company that could have avoided all of this shit if they would have just never put both titles on Roman or taken one of those titles off of him a long time ago. Like, it's not ever. It's just typical WWE booking. So I don't. I don't necessarily hate that we're getting tournament matches on both shows, but I kind of wish, like, if you're going to do that, maybe would it we would have extended, like, this whole 
brand separation till after Night of Champions or something, you know? Like push it back like another month. Like Or even or even just explain something like, you know, have Triple H go, yes, there is going to be matches uh on SmackDown with SmackDown people to determine a new world champion. And if a SmackDown right. competitor wins, then they automatically go to roll. Like just say yeah, something, something like say that. something like that, right. You know, instead of having us just assume that that's right. gonna be the case. Right. Uh but I've come to the conclusion, I've come to this conclusion a long time ago, but I think after everything that's been happening with the draft, like I went off last week about how SmackDown doesn't draft their own champion, Rhea Ripley, and then this. I'm just under the impression that WWE, and I've just accepted it, that they are just never going to make sense. Like, there's a few things they're going to do. That is a disgusting act. And there's just no way to explain it. There's no reason to get mad over it because they just do what they want to do. And I, I, it just comes out of nowhere. And this is just how it is, you know? I, I don't really, I just kind of accepted it at this point. They just don't make sense in certain situations. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, I think maybe that's what it is, too. Maybe they just expect us to assume, like, oh, if a SmackDown guy's win, he'll automatically be drafted to Raw. But, like, just say it, right? Just I think say, no, it, doesn't, it wouldn't kill him. Right, just say, just say it. Just, like, going back to what I said before, like, okay, you're introducing the big old belt, the World Heavyweight Championship, right? Clearly, we're just assuming, right? But we're assuming that's going to have the same lineage as the NWA, WCW, back when they brought it back in 2002 in the Ruthless Aggression era, etc., right? That's what we're assuming, right? If that is the case, if we're bringing another world title, then can you please tell us what's up with Roman's titles? Are we unifying those lineage? Because like I said last week, nobody gives a fuck about the universal title brand. That title, nobody gives a shit about. Let's unify yeah. those lineage too. Yeah, yeah, I, I I guess until they say something like that, we're just going to assume it. Because, again, that's just, I guess, what they want us to do. Or they have no idea themselves. I don't know. Uh, but now that everything's going to take effect after, you know, now it's post-backlash. It's when the roster is supposed to be taken into effect. We're going to get the new world champ. Roman Reigns is back next week. You can see whose next challenger is. We'll see if we get some answers behind that. I don't expect them to, to, to you know, explain these things, but... I don't know. It's going to get interesting from here because I, I'm really curious to see what they do with the women's titles, especially. And, uh, you know, they haven't really said anything about it. So, and we still got Bianca and, and Rhea as champions on different brands yep. than, than they're the champions for. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So, this is a match that nobody, in theory, nobody really give a shit about going into. And this is Seth Rollins versus Almas, right? But I will say this. Not a fan of Omos, right? I'm not saying he's not a great guy. He could be a great guy. He seems like a great guy, but he's just you know, he's just a tall giant that it is what it is, right? Mm. Seth Rollins actually pulled a good match out of this guy. Yep. Yeah, I mean listen, Seth Rollins can pull a good match out of a broomstick. Listen, it wasn't Brock. It wasn't Brock Lesnar. It wasn't Bobby Lashley. Seth freaking Rollins pulled the fucking good mm -hmm. match out of this fucking guy, man. Yeah. And I was telling you this before we hit record. The end spot was after, like, I think it was, like, two or three different curb stomps, and Omos kept on kicking out, this guy goes on the top rope. And when I saw him do that, I'm like, this guy's going to fucking do a curb stomp off the top of the rope. I was cringing to see this spot because when you're hitting that move, you're landing now with just one leg. One mispositioning there? So many things could go wrong. So yeah. I was, like, a nervous wreck watching that spot. But fortunately, everything came out fine. 
you know, it, it looked visually it looked great, but I'm just yeah. more concerned of like the talent. Like, you know, this guy could severely hurt himself, but everything came out good. Seth Rollins came out looking like a champ. He beats Omos. And one thing I noticed, and this is kind of going back to what I was telling you, how like the talent were so excited to be there too, because they normally don't go to these places like on a regular basis. At the end of the match, when Seth Rollins is celebrating with the crowd and he's walking down the ramp, the camera just is just looking at Seth Rollins and he legit has like such an organic smile on his face. Just hearing the audience doing like the whoa, like he just looks so fucking happy. And I don't know, man, when I see moments like that, I don't know. It just makes me like really like, man, it's such, it's such a cool visual to see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, that Rollins curb stomp looked awesome visually. It really did. I mean, and like you said, a lot can go wrong in this match. Um, you know, especially in a, a spot like that, we saw an example of Seth Rollins, you know, landing uh, on his knee yep. at one point. This was years ago when he had to relinquish the world title. It was at some house show and, you know, a lot can go wrong in that spot. And, you know, imagine, can you imagine Rollins getting seriously injured in a freaking match against Omos that he really didn't need, even need to be in, in the first place. Um, but thankfully, like you said, everything came out fine. The match was what it was. And now we can move on. And Seth Rollins has got to be a front runner to win this world heavyweight title. 1, I think it's pretty obvious. 1, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, going to, you know, that camera shot with the visual of him smiling, stuff like that. Just going back to what we were saying before. It's like, again, how could you not go out there and feel that energy? And yeah, I mean, of course it makes you smile. It makes you just want to go out there and it makes you just probably want to never leave you know like Rollins probably didn't want to leave the ring or you know to go into the back like I'm sure a lot of the talents felt that way like where like man they wish they could be out there all night with this crowd you know so uh yeah very very cool to see that um and like I said it, it shows how just how much of an influence the crowd has on these shows you know we had the three-way for the United States Championship Austin Theory against Bobby Lashley Bronson Reed this match was fine it was a short match though I think it was like barely like seven minutes um mm. and austin theory just stole the win you know very similar to survivor series except the survivor series triple threat match was actually a bit longer but this match austin theory just sneaks a win and listen i've been i don't, I don't know how to explain like the positioning of austin theory now because i won't i i don't think he's like in a terrible position but he's not in a position either where it's kind of cult, uh cultivating right like it's like he's like in a, he's in a weird state where it's like I don't hate Austin Theory and I think the audience feels this way too. I don't necessarily hate this guy, but I can't say I care about this guy either. And I'm really yeah. curious to see what they do with him later on in his career, like a year from now, or whatever. Where if they keep on putting steam on him and they want to elevate him, are, are like the fan base really going to care about this guy? You know. I just don't see it happening, at least not yet, you know. But, uh, you know, Austin Theory picked up the uh, the win, and the match was fine. It is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't really – I mean, I don't know – I don't really know what to think. I don't really know what to say. I mean, Austin Theory is on this run with the U.S. title. It hasn't really been good. Um, I just feel like there's really no reason to care, you know. Mm -hmm. There's – I don't really – yeah, I don't know – Coming off a win against John Cena at WrestleMania, you would think from here on out this guy's going to be a superstar. And, nope. and he's just the same guy. It's like he didn't even face John you, Cena. You could make the him. argument that after that Cena match, his stock probably went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's, it's weird. I don't really – I'm in the same boat. I really don't – I don't dislike him, but I also don't love watching him you either. You just don't he's care. Just kind of there. You just don't care. 
yeah, he's just there weekly. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like like you said, the match was what it was. It was against two opponents that I don't really like. I haven't really been following the story. I was just telling you before, I haven't really um, been watching much of the, the right. you know, the weekly TV products. I don't really know how this match really came about to, to begin with. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem like anybody's coming after Austin Theory and has a legit shot to win this belt. I just don't really know. I don't know where it's going to go. I had, I don't know. I just, uh, weird, weird booking with Austin Theory. And, and even going, you know, again, this has been going on for over a year now with, with him. It's just like, he's, he picks up some steam and then he loses it. Maybe picks up a little bit for a short period of time, loses it. It's just, uh, it's weird, man. We're about to hit a year, okay, where Austin Theory just got thrown into this Money in the Bank match and he won it. Yeah. And the crowd went silent. Nobody gave no. They didn't even boo Austin Theory. They just didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't care. And now, fast forward a year later, in theory, right? In theory, no pun. He picks up the biggest win in his career at WrestleMania, and still nobody gives a shit about him. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's all on WWE. That's all on the creative team. That's not even on Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, you know. They really don't seem like they got much for this guy right now, you know? I mean, they, they bill him as the next John Cena, or some people do at least. And I don't really know, like, where that comes from because, I mean, sure, he could talk. Right. And sure, he's good in the ring. But if you don't book him right creatively, then none of that stuff matters, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. He's kind of just there weekly. He's kind of holding the U.S. title. And it's just kind of just like, well, I don't really know what to think about this. You know, I don't really know where it's going. I don't really, you know, he's kind of... Every time he comes out, it's like it makes me want to change the channel, you know? And I hate to say that, but no reason to care. Yeah, I don't care about Austin Theory. Uh, This is something I do care about, and that's Rhea Ripley defending the SmackDown title against Zelina Vega. First of all, Rhea Ripley, let me tell you, man. Her outfit last night? Whoo! (laughs) Man, man, man. Speechless. (laughs) But Rhea Ripley looked great. And Zelina, Zelina Vega also looked great. And just the ovation she got. So when she was coming down, I was just, you know, just just covered in the Puerto Rican flag. Yeah. Just seeing the reaction she was getting from the audience. Like, even walking down, I'm like, how is this girl, like, holding back tears? And then the second she got in the ring and they were doing the announcement, I said everything was just balling, balling, balling. Her family was there front row. And listen, I think we all knew, right, that she wasn't going to win this match. But... With that being said, that does not mean that what we saw last night, that match with Rhea, even the match was fine, but just the moment, that was still one of the biggest moments in her whole career. Just being yeah, there yeah. in front of the Puerto Rican cl- uh, crowd and getting that ovation that she got even after the match. And I just go back and I think about like just how she started. I remember seeing this girl first time in TNA. You know, she yeah. was, uh, I believe her name was Rosita in TNA. And. Yeah, she had like a tag team run, you know, with the women's tag titles at the time and then just bouncing around in the indies. And then she goes to WWE and, you know, everybody knows her story about her father passing away on 9-11. And, you know, she's a she's a fucking New Yorker. OK, you know, she's she's one of us. Right. And she's she loves like nerd culture, like video games and anime and stuff like that. And that's another thing that's like very relatable with her and just her love for wrestling and how much she grew up on Rey Mysterio. And now she's in the same stable with him. And, yeah. and this weekend they all got like LWO tattoos, which I think is so dope. And 
you know, she finally getting spotlight. And I think this is like the first time, at least WWE wise, where she's getting showcased as like as, as a baby face and just, just seeing this all come together. Now she's in her fucking, she's in her home, her second home, if you will. Cause you know, she, I believe she was, she was born in New York, but this, you know, she's Puerto Rican though. Right. So she's in her fucking homeland getting this ovation from her people, her family's right in the front row. You know, I'm, I could only imagine like all these different, like, things that are coming across her head, like thinking about her dad and just thinking about all the trials and tribulations she went through in her whole career. What an incredible moment for her. So even mm -hmm. with defeat, she still came out on top. Yeah, the match was almost secondary, or it should have at least been for her, because it was just really about the moment um, that she soaked up during her entrance, I mean, before the bell even rang. And then, you know, of course, after the match, too, I mean, it doesn't matter that she lost. It doesn't matter that the match was, like, what, five minutes long. It, it, none of that matters, man. Uh, this the, the moment that the crowd gave her is something that she'll always remember for the rest of her life. And like you said, probably the biggest moment of her career. Um, and good for her because you, you think back and, you know, you're talking about the, the video game stuff. You think back to only a few years ago, man, where she got released for mm -hmm. standing up for herself and not wanting to give up the Twitch channel and things like that. Gets released and there's a big outrage from everybody online about it, stuff like that. And then eventually she, you know, comes back and, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, why would she go back? You know, why would she do this? Blah, blah, blah. She's an idiot. She should have stand her ground, this and that. And, uh, and look where she is now, man. And like you said, being with her childhood hero, Rey Mysterio, like, I mean, just just crazy full circle moment for her, man. Like, you can't not be happy for her. Right. Um, just, uh, just a really, really cool moment to see. And, um, you know, you could see the emotion, obviously, in her face, too. It's yeah. hard to really not feel that, you know, while watching it, even right. at home. Right, yeah. Um, Listen, that, that, that was, it was like, we talk about secondary. Even Rhea's win felt secondary. She was the champion, right? She defended her title successfully, and she walked away. The moment was more about Zelina Vega. Well, that, that's just the thing, man. I mean, Rhea wins. She gets out of the ring, and, and again, it was it was obviously, you know, it was supposed to happen that way where, you know, Zelina got the last, you know, hurrah from the crowd. You know, she was in there by herself, and uh, yeah, like I said, like the match was completely secondary. It doesn't really matter any anything of it, you know? Like I don't even know if like Zelina herself wrestling in the match will remember any of the moves she hit or anything mm -hmm. from that. She's just going to remember the reaction she got before and after. So, um, you know, with her family there too, it's just, um, yeah, man, it gives you goosebumps and chills. And, and to see that, it was just a really, really beautiful moment. It really was. It really was. So they they panned out so i don't know if you have like peacock like premium or whatever it is the regular one i have the regular one so i don't i got, I, I got the one with the freaking ads yeah that's the one i have so i don't see none of like the the recap of like how it leads to this match or whatever so i get the commercial or whatever so then boom i hear damien's priest music i'm like i thought this was like a semi main like <laughs> what what happened here like did i miss something did i miss the six man tag what the fuck happened so the uh, damien priest comes out and even with him right He's a heel, but he's Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. You can also tell with him, he was soaking up like the crowd because like he just paused for a second and before he did like his usual pose where he pays like homage, uh, like a little homage to Scott Hall and shit. Like he kind of just stood there for like a quick second and just soaked it all in before he just kept on walking. So I thought that was like a really cool moment for him. And then fucking Bad Bunny, bro. This fucking guy. You want to talk about a rock star? That's fucking Bad Bunny. I said it in a post last night. Listen, 
if you still don't get why Bad Bunny's a big deal, if you still don't get it, one, you're just not paying attention and you're fucking ignorant. This has nothing to do with you liking his music. This has nothing to do if you speak Spanish or you're not Latino. It has nothing to do with that. If you don't see the passion this guy has for wrestling, this is a mainstream star around the whole world, all right? Not just for Latinos, all right? This guy was in, um, what is the gala? What is that shit called? Oh, the Met Gala? The Met gala. This guy was there, okay? Doing all these big events. This guy um, headlined uh, uh, Coachella like, yep. earlier this month. This guy's like a mainstream star. And him wrestling... He doesn't do it for the money. I'm sure he gets he gets paid well, but he does it for a passion because he loves it. If you don't get that, even even Duke is pissed off about it. If you don't get that, you're just not paying attention. Like that, Puerto Rico showed you last night how much of a big deal he is. I just loved it. I loved this before the match even started. Yeah, it was uh, it was unreal. I mean, the the way he comes out. Again, I think I said this to you off air, or not? I just, I just said it before. Like it was like a legit concert. Yeah. Like the they they were singing every single lyric to this to his his entrance music. Um, just the way he walks out with that swagger. Yeah, dude, this guy is a mega star, man. And I I will admit I was one of those people when he first came in. It was WrestleMania 37. He had that tag match with Damian Priest and and the Miz and John Morrison. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. They were selling the Bad Money t-shirts in Tampa when I was there. I didn't get it. They were all selling out. People were wearing them. I didn't get it. Um, you know, because I don't really listen to that type of music. You know, I mean, I, all the, the words are in Spanish. So, I don't I mean, dude, now I'm like, well, those songs are bop, bop okay? <laughs> but back then, back then, I didn't understand any of this. But, man, you couldn't have said it any better. It's like, if you don't get it now... I mean, I got it right away, right after the match at WrestleMania 37 when he had that killer match. And, then and you I were know, there. You were there live. Yeah, yeah, yep. And everything that, you know, I, I looked up, you know, how, you know, big of a star he is in the music industry. Then I immediately got it. And again, if even if you were skeptical up until this point, after last night, like I said, if you still don't get it, you just don't, don't get why they bring him in and why he, you know, does what he does. Like, I yeah, I mean then you're never going to understand it. I mean, that entrance alone just shows how big of a megastar he is. And not to mention what he did in the ring. Yeah, He's so much fun to watch. It is, I mean, I want more of this guy. I don't want him just coming once a year. I want him coming more like like a Logan Paul type deal where that. he's on every major Yeah, I love that, bro. I, love I just, I think he's so much fun to watch, man. He's And like you said, his passion for it, I mean, God how could you not tell how passionate this guy is? He's not doing it for the money. It's just like Logan Paul. Again, that's why I respect these two guys. They're not doing this for the money. They're not, you know? They're not somebody like Johnny Knoxville who's just going to come in and, again, you know, whether Johnny with, Knoxville had passion he, for it or not. Right, and even with Johnny, and even with the Johnny Knoxville and Sammy Zayn stuff, that stuff was great, too. I think... It was great. With, yeah. With but, WWE? But right, right, right. It seemed like more so he came in for the paycheck and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then, you know, he has no real interest in doing this, you know, full-time or anything. But these two guys are the prime example of celebrities turned wrestler that are just like, nobody saw this coming, mm -hmm. how successful these two guys are. Um, it's incredible. It really is. I mean, I expected this to be good. I didn't expect this to be as good as it ended up being. Dude, this match was so fucking entertaining, and it was everything it needed to be. And then just going back to about, like, these outsiders, if you will— <clears throat> that come into 
WWE or just in wrestling and that they do like a match or whatever. Yeah. Like Bad Bunny's not slacking in there. Granted, he had an amazing dance partner with Damian Priest. And yes. no, let's not discredit him either. Yes. But he was the perfect foe for Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny didn't slack in there. This guy was taking bumps. I'm seeing this guy like, yo, man, after that one spot, like when they were in outside that table spot where he just hits the the uh Damian Priest hits the broken arrow on Bad Bunny from like the little platform gimmick yeah. to the tables. I'm like, yo, this Bad Bunny's gonna break something. We're not gonna see him in concert for like I don't know. Well, how well, that's the thing. It's like this guy doesn't have to be doing this right. because, like you said, Coachella, the Met Gala. I'm sure, he's got a bunch of other things lined up this year, and the fact that he still had time to train for this match, and he's doing these bumps, and he's not like you know, he's not phoning it in or anything right. like that. I mean, Jesus Christ, man! Again, how do you not respect the hell out of that? This guy doesn't need to do this shit. He's got so much freaking money. He does it for the passion because he loves it. I mean, yeah, that's that's just that's a great point. Let's like. My goodness, man! This guy could—he's guy could break his tears ACL, okay? And there goes everything else he does for the rest of the year. Not even just in wrestling, but in general. But you know what? If he tears his ACL, I would not be shocked. He's still out there in concert in a wheelchair, and he'll sell out oh, the yeah. concert in a wheelchair. He'll, he'll oh, yeah. definitely do it. Probably, probably would. But I mean, you know, the risk that he takes every right. single time—it's just. Uh, yeah, man, it's inspiring. It really is. It's crazy, crazy to see. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up Damian Priest too, being the perfect uh, opponent Amazing. for him. He deserves a lot of credit for this too, because you know a lot of times when guys are in there like this, and obviously they're in this spot to just put the other guy over and just obviously lose or whatever. Um, it didn't even matter in Damian Priest's case because he came out of this a bigger star. I feel like 1, too. I mean, just WWE putting him in the spot, trusting him to protect Bad Bunny and everything like that. Shows a lot, you know, it really does. And I think this guy deserves his flowers and from here on out should be booked, um, you know, like a real superstar because he was just perfect in this match as well. I look at Damian Priest and I'm like, man, just a couple of years ago, this guy was like a ring of honor. And yeah. I'm looking at this guy. Now he's in a main event with Bad Bunny. Holy shit. What a what a. What a turn of events for this guy, man. And, I, I, I buried him when he left Ring of Honor because I thought he left way too soon. I was like, this guy just cares about the money and, and just wants to go to WWE for, you know, all this. He doesn't really want to hone uh, hone his craft and, you know, he should have spent more time there. He could have been Ring of Honor world champ. I buried him a lot when he just ran over to WWE. I didn't think he was ready. And I'm glad I'm eating my words, man, because he's he's shown up and, and showed out, uh, especially on the main roster, man. And even in NXT, mm-hmm. um, he's become one of their... I don't want to say top stars, but uh, He's one up there. guy they can always trust to go in there and deliver. So, Listen, I got an, uh, a better one for you. I was never a fan of Punishment Martinez. I'm like, if you don't get this fake Roman Reigns out of fucking Ring of Honor, I did not like him. I didn't like him at all. And yeah. then he goes to WWE, and you start seeing the character development with him. And I'm yeah. like, okay, now I get it. Now I see it. So, if anything, I'm more of a Damian Priest guy. Than a fucking punishment Martinez guy. Yeah, me too, mate. Me too. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really care much about him either. I just, uh, hey, you know, sometimes it, you know, like I said, guys know what they're doing, and he knew what he was doing by leaving Ring of Honor, going to WWE, and uh, I don't know if it's the performance center there or the uh, the developmental or what, but he's turned his game around, done a complete one eighty, and uh, yeah, I'd like to see this guy. I'd like to see him featured in the World Heavyweight Title Tournament and and make it far, man, yeah. even semifinal. Well. They're not really doing that tournament like that. I was going to say make it to semifinals. And you got Finn, too, in it, so I'm sure Finn's going to be in it. Yeah, but uh, either way, man, I think from here on out, he should be featured in a bigger way, in a bigger spot, because he deserves it. 
I agree. So there, there was some, uh, there was some shenanigans, and I mean shenanigans like in a good way. There was some interference from uh, Judgment Day with Finn and Dominic, and then you saw Rey Mysterio come out, and then you hear Carlito's music. I fucking jumped off my seat. I was like, Carlito, rocking an LWO shirt. I popped so huge for Carlito. I was listen, growing up when Carlito first made his debut. When he beat John Cena first night for the United States title, I'm like, yo, this guy's going to be, yo, this is my guy right here. And then I'm like, and then he wins like the IC title the first time when he gets drafted to Raw. I thought this guy could have been world champion. Now, granted, that didn't happen. But man, during the ruthless aggression era, those mid-2000s, I thought Carlito could have been right there with John Cena. I really thought he had all the potential to be world champion. The man looks great. He doesn't age. Huge. Oh, man. I don't care. Listen, you know what? You need to sign him to a contract, draft him to SmackDown, and beat Austin Theory on, on SmackDown. That's what, you need. <laughs> That's what you need to do with Carlito, bro. But <clears throat> you see Carlito coming out, the rest of the LWO, Savio Vega, fucking Puerto Rican uh, wrestler legend. I just loved the whole thing. And then at the end of the match, when Bad Bunny beats Damian Priest, you see all the LWO together, man. Oh, man. I just... What a moment, bro. I just love that because... Yeah, they're in Puerto Rico. I understand that, right? But when you see something like that, you kind of feel like, especially for me as like a Latino, you feel like this was like a, a win and a celebration for all Latinos, right? Because you have like all these different like cultures and all these different countries, you know, Mexico, etc. They're all together. They're repping the LWO. You see the Puerto Rican flag. Like, I just love shit like that, dude. And I don't know if you noticed, but there's been reports like the LWO merch has been like selling like crazy. Oh, yeah, I bet. And... <laughs> That's why I wanted to mention, like, I haven't necessarily, while they're getting spotlighted a lot, you got to rack up some wins on the stable. If they're like a hot merch seller, you got to give them some wins. Like, they can't be losing every match. And I grant that, yeah, I know Bad Bunny won, and technically he's like LWO also, but like, I'm talking about like the main guys. Like, let's give like Santos Escobar like some mm -hmm. wins. Like, hey, why not have him beat Austin Theory for the United States title? Like, mm -hmm. like let's, because clearly, clearly they're getting reactions. You have yeah. Rey Mysterio, which is like the legend, right? That's attached to them. Like, yes, let's give some wins to these guys, man. Because, like, clearly, like, the fans are behind this group. Yeah, it's a hot group right now, dude. <laughs> dude, LWO, baby. Greater than the Bullet Club, man. It's become a greater than the wow, Bullet Club. Wow, what a hot take. Yeah. What a hot take. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I, listen, I ain't a Latino or anything like that, but I'm, I dig this stable, man. I mean, it's, it's great to see, uh, Legato del Fantasma come up and immediately have something to do. And obviously, I'm sure they were big fans of Rey Mysterio growing up, just like Zelina Vega. Now that they get to work with him and be in a stable with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure in Puerto Rico this past weekend, those shirts were flying off the freaking shelves. And I'm sure in the States, too. Oh, it's yeah. the same exact way. Um, it's, uh, dude, it's, yeah, that... Listen, last night, you know, it's like some people say, oh, this stuff's overbooked. But, man, that was overbooked in the best way possible. 1, Everything that happened with uh, Carlito coming out to that monstrous pop. I don't think this guy has ever gotten a pop like that in his entire life. Insane. Um, Thank you, Ryan, for that. Thank you for doing the show with me. And just like that, like the Thanos snap. He's completely gone from the podcast. No, I'm kidding, guys. He's not gone from the podcast. Well, he's actually gone from this podcast that you're listening to right now. He's still part of the Lucha Outsider show. But this is what happened, all right? Clearly, Ryan's not here anymore. And you're listening to this voice. Because I'm right now currently recording to fill up time of what Leo ended up doing in typical Leo fashion. 
So when he went to go upload this episode, because if you watched us on YouTube Live, we had a longer episode. And we talked about the Brock and Cody match. And we talked about AEW's All In. And I'm sure me and Ryan, if you watch the YouTube, we went on a rant on how Jay White's getting booked poorly. But Leo somehow, when he uploaded the episode, completely deleted that part for whatever reason. So hashtag blame Leo and he gets one of these. Congratulations, you played yourself. So what I decided to do is, in a quick fashion, and especially because Monday Night Raw happened last night, why not I just finish up the show? Yours truly, the face that runs the place, the man, that single... Nope, wrong gimmick. That's Jay White. I'm sorry. Anyways, what I'm going to do here is just talk briefly on some of the stuff that we talked about on the YouTube episode. That you can watch now if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, or you can follow us and like us on Facebook, and you can watch the Facebook Live. It's the same... A video, but you're not going to listen to it on the podcast. So when it comes to Brock and Cody, let me just wrap this up. When it comes to Brock and Cody, listen, the match was fine, but it should have been Bad Bunny and Damian Priest closing out the show. I know a lot of people have been trying to defend the decision of Cody and Brock, but, you know, Puerto Rico's getting this first show in a very, very long time, a big backlash pay-per-view, because it was built, like, in such a big fashion, right? And, And, you know, as a Tuesday night, as I'm recording this, it's just been a huge success. Like, it's to the point where some some talent are, like, you know, petitioning, hey, maybe we should have backlash in Puerto Rico every every year, right? Why not, right? So why not end, like, on a happy note with, like, Bad Bunny getting raised up by the LWO, and then you have that closed visual shot. Now, granted, I know the Puerto Rican audience enjoyed Brock, and Cody, the match was fine. The 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 finish it, it was what it was. You know, fast forward to Monday Night Raw. Clearly, that feud's going to continue. Brock attacked Cody, kind of cost them that triple threat match, and now we're going to get a rematch. I don't know if it's going to be a street fight or a no DQ or no holds barred. One of those gimmicks, maybe a last man standing. I don't know. Okay, we're going to get that at Night of Champions, aka Money in the Sandman. All right. Which is fine. I have no problem with that match happening again. Listen, I've said it on record. Me and Ryan have talked about it so many fucking times. Cody Rhodes needs to stay away from that world championship. His story ends by dethroning Roman Reigns and capturing the title that his father never got to hold. And that's the WWE championship. Not the big gold belt or this new version of the big gold belt. Because Dusty has held that title in the past. All right? His goal is to get the WWE Championship, which is the title that his father never got to hold. So that story needs to wrap up with Roman Reigns. My opinion, I know some people might disagree with that. That's totally fine. I could give two shits. Uh, Let's see. So we talked about Backlash. Um, I guess I'll throw in some stuff from Monday Night Raw from last night. You know, overall... Besides the two triple threat matches, the main event, I think like the tag match, it was pretty much of a a lackluster Monday Night Raw, in my opinion. I don't think it was a terrible show, but it it was a little bit lackluster for me. I thought the two triple threat matches were really, really good, specifically the Nakamura, Damian Priest, and Seth Rollins. Listen, Seth Rollins is just on another level at this point. Um, Who's to say, at the end of the year, we could be talking right now that Seth Rollins might be wrestler of the year. You know, he's easily... At this rate, definitely going to make top five. 
to make the argument now that he could be top three. We'll see how the rest of his 2023 goes. But Seth Rollins right now, he's just at another level. And he's more than deserving to be the first World Heavyweight Championship of this champion of this incarnation of the title. Why not? You got to give it to him. I don't see no other person having it. Um, So Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, that was the main event. The match was fantastic. They did a really, really cool uh, callback from their SummerSlam match in, what was that, 2016 for the first Universal Championship uh, with the how Finn Balor got hurt, right, with the, the powerbomb to the, to the guardrail. They definitely did that with Finn Balor hitting Seth Rollins with it. So I just love, I love that callback. And, you know, Seth Rollins goes over, and then he'll be facing the winner of the, I guess, the tournament brackets over in SmackDown. So in over SmackDown, if I'm not mistaken, you have Edge, Mysterio, AJ. I think that's one triple threat, which that shit's going to be bananas. And then the other one, I believe, is Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, and I can't think of the other guy right now. Not sure who the other guy is. Forgive me. But, you know, whatever. It's over my head right now. Regardless, I really think AJ's going to win this. And I, or you know what? It, it might be Edge, too. I think you could, it doesn't really matter what direction you go. Maybe it's Edge. Maybe it's AJ. You know, if it is AJ, clearly Seth Rollins is going to win this whole thing. So if it's AJ and Seth and Knight of Champions, I don't want to see AJ then challenge Roman for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Because I don't think AJ needs to lose two big caliber matches. I don't think that does anybody any good, my opinion. Now, if you want to go with the Edge route, I think, obviously, there's there's story there between Edge and Rollins. You know, Rollins gets a win on Edge. That does nothing to Edge. And then maybe later on, AJ challenges Roman for the Undisputed Championship. At uh, Undisputed Universal Championship, maybe at Money in the Bank. I don't know. But... Uh, those are my two picks right there. It's either got to be Edge or AJ facing Rollins at um, Night of Champions. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Besides that, for those that know me personally, you know how much I love Trish Stratus. But, you know, this heel gimmick is just not working for me. You know why? Because it's not believable at all. You know, the her cadence, the way she does her promos, like we all know that Trish Stratus is like a sweetheart, right? And we know, like, generally how great of a person she is. Like, this is the person that, I think she's doing, like, what is it, Canada's Got Talent, and then she's still catching flights to Monday Night Raw. So it's like, how can we really boo this woman? And then also, just everything that she's saying in her promos, it just feels so fake, and it feels so, like, it just seems like she's reading a script. Like, there's no realness behind any of her promos like it's just not believable for me and apparently this whole heel gimmick for trish this is her idea but it's just not connecting because you know we we love trish at the end of the day i'm sure the match is going to be fine if i had to guess i think it happens at money the bank yeah becky's not from london but she's still gonna get a great reaction out there you know it's the uk so of course she's gonna get a monstrous reaction but who's to say maybe the story does get better i don't know i doubt it but you just never know so Ryan and I on Sunday we talked a little bit about AEW and since it's not on this podcast that Leo uploaded, I guess I'll give you some cliff notes on some of the thoughts that me and Ryan had about all in. First of all, I think this is fantastic. Sixty thousand tickets sold for Wemley. I think that's great for them. 
I went on record a couple episodes back saying like if they hit forty thousand or better, I think it's a success in my opinion. But listen, sixty's even better, and I think these ticket sales are gonna just keep going. I think they're gonna keep going up because think about it, they haven't even announced a card yet, all right? And they already sold sixty thousand tickets. That going back to what we were talking about, backlash and being in Puerto Rico, you know, us out here in the states, we're very spoiled with the amount of wrestling we get. And we could bitch and complain about we're not liking this company and we don't like how this is getting booked. But we got to like really sit back and just realize how lucky we are because we get wrestling a lot. It's We get very easy access to go to wrestling shows. A lot of these other countries and, you know, outside the U.S. is not as accessible because they don't get some of these bigger companies going there often. That's why that Puerto Rico crowd was so fucking hot. That's why the U.K. crowds are so fucking hot. Even Toronto, um, back in for the Elimination Chamber, I grant that they get a little bit more wrestling um, compared to some of these other places. But still, they were a hot crowd because they really appreciate when they have some of these bigger shows in their home, in their home state or town or country. So um, this all-in thing is fucking great, and I'm so happy for AEW and... It wouldn't shock me if they get closer to 90,000 at some point, you know. There's still a lot of time between now and August, late August, you know, a, a week before All Out, you know. So, you know, I'm so happy for AEW, and it's just crazy. Me, uh, Ryan and I were talking about on Sunday, and you can watch the YouTube uh, version, right, which is another version compared to this because Leo fucked up. We were talking about how crazy was it, like, in – New Year's of 2019, when I remember watching the Being the Elite, and you know that was the reveal of Double or Nothing and AEW, and look at how far they got to this point. And yeah, there's been some hiccups here, and nothing, you know, not everything has been perfect, right? But you should want these wrestling companies to succeed, regardless if you're a fan of them or not, because it just gives more places for these men and women to to work for right they just don't have this one option and it's just terrible to to just see or want a company to fail like why would you have that type of mindset it's just so fucking stupid and idiotic you know and if you have that piece of shit mentality you're just a fucking moron you know you're just a piece of shit you're not even a fucking true wrestling fan just a garbage of a human being but anyways back to all in I don't know what what they have in mind, but it's got to be a fucking crazy show. And I really think that Warner Brothers Discovery are going to get like a streaming deal with AEW. And I truly believe that the closer we get to the, to the all-in show, who knows, maybe even after Double or Nothing, I don't know. Something's going to be in, get announced. And what better way to kick off their streaming deal with Warner Discovery, right, where all week, which is all in in Wembley and then all out Chicago, those are going to be the first two pay-per-views on, like, this Max app. Like, how awesome would that be? And maybe they'll still give the option to people, like, let's say if they don't have Max. Like, I'm a subscriber to Max, right? But let's say if you don't have Max and you just want to buy the pay-per-view, whatever. That's your own business, right? But, like, what if, like, they secure a deal with AEW where they get like exclusivity, you know, streaming rights. Like, boom, after Dynamite airs, it goes to the Max app after like a week or something, you know? 
And then you got like this collision show happening. I'm happy for AEW. I'm happy for this all in show. Like I said, I'm just kind of giving you cliff notes of what me and Ryan did talk about. I haven't really been enjoying the booking of Jay White because this guy was like the hottest free agent before he showed up in AEW. I kind of really wish he would have went to WWE. But I think and I believe, especially with this collision show, I think a draft split wouldn't be a bad idea if they're really going to like make this a thing where certain wrestlers you're only going to see on this one show and then the other wrestlers you're going to see on the other show. I think it might showcase a spot like a guy like Jay White to be at the caliber he was in New Japan. And listen, that, that's something that me and Ryan have talked about in countless of times in previous episodes, how AEW has so much fucking talent, yet we usually say the same recurring characters on AEW, which, listen, as much as I love Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, I shouldn't be seeing these guys every week on my television. I don't even think they should be challenged for the tag titles, but whatever that's another conversation for another day we're going into double or nothing and i'll be there in vegas shout outs to low and shout outs to iridian uh, i will be seeing them out in vegas but besides the four pillars match you know what we're like two weeks away from double or nothing i think it's like three tomorrow will be like three dynamites away from double or nothing and nothing's really announced you know, and that's been the thing with AEW and like Tony's booking as of late, you know, for like a good year now. Like we only get like these match reveals like the week of. And I mean, I don't know, man. I love AEW, but they have been struggling when, when it comes to, you know, getting people to go to their shows. And granted, the Wemley all in stuff, that's fucking fantastic. But you also got to remember, like, OK, your home base is out here in the States also. and. You know, I hope Double or Nothing is successful, but I was looking at the numbers just the other day. I think it was like last night or something. I was looking at like how much the draw of Double or Nothing last year. I think it was like over 10,000 people. It might have been like 11,000 people. I was there. I saw how many tickets are sold right now for Double or Nothing. Tickets bought. And it's, I think it's like a little under 7,000. That's a big chunk that's like, gone you know and i know a lot of people are gonna be like well cm punk's not there but i also think it's the booking i truly believe it's the booking and they got to do a better job with that and hopefully with this brand split if it does indeed happen maybe it'll be the uh better for everyone you know because we'll start seeing more talent being showcased uh, just to wrap up here because you know, I don't want to just go on and on. If you want to listen to more what uh, myself and Ryan had to talk about, just, you know, check out the YouTube or check out the Facebook Live. Uh, some news broke this morning, and it had to do with a close friend of mine. And that's Oridian, my rush friend from Rush Friends. Uh, Oridian and Teddy do a great job with their podcast and their content on YouTube. But today, Fightful announced that they're going to be doing an AEW Collision review show right after collision on saturdays and iridian's gonna be part of this show i think this is very fantastic for her i know she's gonna kill it uh, i did a post today in my stories at lucha outsiders and i said she is one of the most hardest working people i know and that i've ever met in my life and i truly mean that this girl goes to school she has a job she fucking has side gigs also like, she's very, very busy. She does homework. You know who used to never do homework? That is yours truly. 
That's why I'm not involved in bigger and better things because I never went to school. But she's just a very hardworking individual, and I'm so happy for her. And I know she's going to do great things for Fightful. And I'm not just saying this because she's my friend, but she's generally a great person, you know. And we need more positive people in higher places because there's a lot of content creators and there's a lot of people that get these positions or they get these opportunities in some of these higher platforms. And generally, they're just not great people. They either have an agenda, they have terrible content that's creating a bigger divide within the audience, tribalism, which they're promoting in their job or fucking podcast, and they're doing nothing to move the culture forward. And what I mean by that is wrestling culture. Like, what are you doing? And Oridian is not one of those people. So I'm so happy for her, and I know she's going to do great things at Fightful. With that being said, I'm going to wrap up because I think I spoke enough and I had to play cleanup for the old man Leo. So send all your hate tweets and send all your hate mail to at Chofuboleo and give him one of these, a big one. Congratulations, you played yourself. You can follow me on the Instagram at RatedRSis87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are on a rebuilding stage. But I'm hoping one day we'll get there. All right? So we can make the big bucks. At least I hope. For the old man Leo. For our double Ryan Radar. I am yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time. Keep it Radar. And stay too sweet.